Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse with Grace of Her. Both of the young adults interviewed on this week's podcast openly discussed topics including confused emotions, types of abuse, and particularly the detrimental effects of the online world. Tasha and Jimmy are acutely aware of the overwhelming influence that social media is capable of having on those leaving home for the first time and starting university. The difficulties they may face in adjusting to a new and unfamiliar environment. The pernicious effect social media can have on vulnerable individuals was brought into sharp relief last week when the coroner's verdict on 14-year-old Molly Russell, who died in 2017, was that she died from an act of self-harm while suffering from depression and the negative effects of online content. The decision brought into focus the responsibility that those running Pinterest and Instagram, who were specifically named during the inquest, have for the users of their services and products. Even without the all-pervasive influence of the online world, once the initial euphoria of Freshers' Week wears off, the first-year students can start to feel homesick, depressed, and that their newly chosen life is rapidly going downhill. It's therefore important to remember that many other students will feel the same way and will want to discuss these emotions. In addition, higher education establishments are acutely aware of the changes being experienced and have put in place well-being units and student reps. Today's episode centers around young adult views on abuse and how it affects mental health. I have with me today Tasha and Jimmy. They are both undergraduates. Welcome, Tasha. Welcome, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So I'll start by asking, last week was Freshers' Week. What do you think happens after the euphoria wears off? our first year students and what do you think sets in um for my personal experience last year fashion week was actually really good that's why i met the foundation of people that i know from this year and it's also very good to understand where your place is for example or if you knew a lot of friends that like to drink or whatever and you're one of them you're most likely to have them as friends or if you find yourself or I don't want to go out that much, you might be able to find other people that have the same value as you. But in particular, Freshers Week is very good also to know how the uni is and what they believe, or I'll have some fun as well. That's just me, to be fair. And yeah, this year I didn't really participate too much, even though I wanted to, but I was too busy to do something else. Um, but the last few days I've been around and it was actually a good experience to see fresh have fun, even returners come in, enjoy themselves and, and have a laugh with everybody. So it was actually really good. Okay, thank you. And Tasha, what's been your experience? Um, well, from my past experience, and I think I'm not going to talk about my personal experience, but more like an overview. Um, from what I've seen, we get this 
adrenaline I like to say like we're all excited about freshers everyone is getting along and stuff like that but then it gets to a point where people either feel distracted um, and forget the reasons why they're in university because of freshers um, some people some people just get lost in in the period of freshers because you find that a lot of students um, tend to behave a certain way because they're now free they now have the freedom that they didn't have at home. So you see those behaviours as well. You can see it through by the way they behave. Um, some people then also, after freshers, when the, the buzz, the excitement is gone, some people then start going downhill mentally. Um, you know, people start falling into depression. Some people, because a lot, you find that a lot of people become very clicky. So you've made your friend group from freshers and you feel like you can't really get along with other people in other areas simply because you've you've now limited yourself to the people that you were with by saying that you have similar interests or you know you like the same things you like to do the, like you like to go to the same place and stuff like that but there's actually other people out there that do things that might interest you so you feel like you're kind of limited to those people but as the year goes by you kind of have to wing it i guess just see really how it goes but for me personally i'm someone that gets along with everyone i don't really take uh people's interest interest into consideration because i feel like not everyone's interests are going to be my interest so i just basically go along with whatever is going on at that time um but my personal experience of freshers it was fun it was enjoyable and everything i met i met good people but it was I'd say like maybe the second month into uni, that's when I started feeling a bit homesick and started distancing myself from, from certain people as well because I just really didn't want to be around all that, you know, hectic, freshers life, that makes sense. Okay. And so people get nostalgic after yeah. a certain period. Mm -hmm. um, do you think people settle afterwards or do they start having uh, a meltdown? For me, I think it depends on how you handle yourself, really. Because there's some people that, because they're now feeling that kind of way, they isolate themselves, but then you can actually get out there and sort of try and get yourself out of that mentality. I know it sounds a bit like self-destructing and stuff like that, but it's actually, it can be helpful. Like, you know, you can go out for walks, go do something with someone just to get your mind off things. But um, that's what helped with me anyway. But it it can be it can also be draining having to put on that little act of I'm okay, but deep down you know that you're not. So I just think some people, depending on how you how you handle yourself, you can either really really break, or it can really make you, and you just have to kind of become independent and just know that you have you've got this. Like what's the worst that could really happen from being here? Thank you for that. And do you think when such things happen, when you're having like a mental health issue, do you think such young adults should go to the wellbeing uh, department to seek for help? Personally, I think it is very, very important to speak to someone about it. It doesn't necessarily have to be wellbeing as such. If, say, for a setup like uh, uni halls, you have people in your flat, you have flatmates, like, go to someone that you feel like you can trust enough to speak to them about how you're feeling, and 
obviously when it's some because sometimes it's better to just talk about how you're feeling and you actually feel a lot better instead of just bottling in how you're feeling but there is also well-being if you feel like you can't really trust anyone well-being the people that um are involved in that they're actually trustworthy people we also have um student student reps in the um, uni accommodations as well they're also trusted people that you can speak to about issues in your flat and issues that you're actually going through personally and they can help help you because they'll even do like weekly checks where they'll come and check up on you and stuff like that and i think that's quite helpful and it's something that i would highly highly recommend people to do thank you so my next question is what are your views on abuse especially amongst young adults um my views on abuse is that anyone can be abused or any gender and it could be at any particular times. It could be like when you're a kid, and then it could be when you are a teenager, and it also could be when you're adult. And it can be transformed or be, it also be traumatized. Like when you're a kid, sometimes you see your parents shouting at you, which that's gonna be more like a verbal abuse, or start slapping you for no reason, because you misbehave, that might be also, um, what is it called, physical abuse. Um, I'll say as my age, people get to more likely to be more um, verbal abuse because there are certain words or certain characteristic behavior of people they say to other people and they don't get it or they might get picked up. You know, for example, bullies, they're more likely to be abused at home uh, from parents and then they're going to do the same thing to other people because that's how they view how it is. Um, but yeah, that's what I think is abuse in my opinion. For me, I feel like there's a mix. There's, because um, there is there's certain ways people abuse so there's um obviously there's physical there's mental abuse there's verbal abuse um certain things like that for me i think it is mainly to do with how uh, a man like if they say you feel as a man to a female it's mainly to do with their upbringing like things that they see at home and things that are normalized at home um not necessarily like how do I want to say, for example, if I was in a relationship with a guy and me being a female that hasn't had a father around, I will go through all these abusive relationships because I'm seeking male validation and I kind of see past them abusing me. I'll see past them. Um, like if a man was to beat me, I'll, my initial thought would be, oh, but I love him. Surely he won't do that again. And as an abuser, they have that manipulative brain, they can gaslight you and stuff like that. So they know how to get their way around you. So he can come back later and you'll say, oh, I'm sorry and stuff like that. And then you just instantly, oh, I love, but I love him. And then you forgive him. And you find that a lot of girls, I mean, personally, I like to call it daddy issues. A lot of girls with daddy issues tend to have those traits where they just jump from man to man that has, you know, abusive, um, like an abusive personality. And... Um, for males, I feel like even males, males do also have mummy issues and stuff like that as well, where because they're not around enough females, they don't really care enough about how they treat females. 
um, they just basically think like a female is just a, you know, like a, an object or kind of thing. So, and it was sometimes when females don't act a certain way they want the female to act, they feel like they can't really, um, the only way they're pushed to um, behave a certain way or act a certain way. Um, but I feel like my overall, my view in this is like abuse. It doesn't. It's not about who. Like it doesn't pick who wants who wants to. Uh, sorry, someone that uh, that's abused doesn't choose to be abused. Abuse doesn't come to you uh, by choice, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just think there's a very and there's a very very high percentage of abuse at the moment as well. Um, overall, especially with young people. And I, yeah, I don't think, I don't really have good views on it, if that makes sense. Okay, thank you. So would you say the economy is affecting young adults or can it be linked to family issues, the economic crisis, uh, you know, things are getting very expensive, cost of living is very high. What are your views on this? I highly agree with um, that um, the economy has also does partly have an impact in um, this whole abusive, like people being in abusive situations. Um, like for example, females, they'll get into abusive relationships because there is something that they're getting out of that abusive relationship. So if it's money that they're receiving from that guy, just so they can provide maybe if they're coming from like a poor uh, a poor background let's say and they feel like they need to provide say their families for example say for me i have um i have two brothers and i always make sure like even when i get paid at work and stuff like that i always make sure that my brothers are good i want to like it doesn't necessarily have to be like oh it, they yeah food in the house as well i do contribute my part and stuff like that and um that's for me obviously being at home but at uni now things are different um but even like my little brother if my little brother went to my mum and said oh I can't I, what I want this and my mum says no they always know they can come to me and they're guaranteed to get what they want because I just have that sister love for them and I feel like with some some girls that are, are most likely in the same situation as me but from a poor background end up putting themselves in situations where it's like I want to provide for the ones that are younger than me, I want to provide for, you know, my family and stuff like that. So they end up with, like, someone that's not, um, someone that's abusive, where they, you know, um, say, like, the guy will beat them up later, and then when they come back, when the guy comes back from work, he'll come with nice gifts, he'll come with all this stuff and say, oh, babe, I'm sorry, and stuff like that. And then they kind of forget about it. And then same cycle keeps going over and over again to the point where the man actually is used to doing that, where it's like, oh, okay, all I can do is if I slap her today, I'll just have to buy her a Dior bag tomorrow and then everything is all good. I'll give her a bit of cash, it's, she's, she'll be fine. And I feel like that's ha that has actually been a little bit normalised as well by people. Um, and for males as well, being from like um, poor, even a male, if he was from a poor background, and he grew up, say, for, um, yeah, say a male was um, was raised from a poor background, sorry, and he ended up in a relationship where the girl turns to have money. A female can actually mentally abuse a man. Um, I feel like 
as much as men, yeah, I'm not saying it's correct that men abuse women and stuff like that, but I feel like women can also push men to that level where they can get physical because men are not usually emotionally intelligent. So they don't really know how to um, express their emotions. They don't really know how to, you know, how to behave. And sometimes it gets to a point where, like, a female, we're very vocal. So we can say things that will lead them to act a certain way. We can do things that will lead them to act a certain way. And because men sometimes don't know how to control themselves, they can end up, it could end up in a slap. It could end up, you know, him saying certain things that he doesn't mean. And I feel like um, because he can't provide and he feels like the woman is kind of outdoing them, it kind of lowers their self-esteem and kind of um, beats their ego down. So they don't, they can't really, you know, because they feel that type of way, they don't really know how to express their emotions. And then they've also got a girl in their ear saying all this stuff to them. It kind of takes them um, a different way. So do you, would you say communication between these two, this young adults or couple is quite vital? For them, for the man to be able to express how he's feeling because he's in, he comes from a poor background or maybe he hasn't got enough money, he should be able to express it to his partner and say, look, this is the situation of things. Yeah, most definitely. I feel like um, a lot of males do this act where it's like, at the moment, this is what's going on, but don't worry, in the future I've got you kind of thing. So it makes the female, you know, if that's them trying to get the female, but really and truly if they just painted out the picture like this is what my life is and this is how it's going to be for quite some time and all i need is your support it doesn't have to be money it doesn't have to be you know materialistic things but if you can just mentally support me through this kind of thing i feel like there'll be more of an understanding but then females we tend to use men's emotions against them so if a man was to say something about how they're feeling they're then painted to be weak and then because men feel that way, they feel like they can't really express their emotions, how they're feeling. And then when they're in situations like this, where they can't provide for a female, they feel like they can't really voice it to the female. They just have to, you know, sort of firm how they're feeling. But then it could also lead to one thing where the female's like, but you're not doing this for me. And then it just ends up being a massive, you know, there's now a whole conflict between both of them. Okay. Thank you for your view on that particular um question it's quite interesting the way you've expressed um what happens between a man who's coming from a poor ba background as well yeah. as a woman as a, as a young um, adult what is your view on abusive relationship in terms of we are going to be relating it to family dynamics and also relating it to the economic uh, crisis as well uh as we spoke about it depends on on communication has to be the key because if for example is the father lose the job or how the family is going to react for instance like if they have a meeting a family meeting they're going to speak about okay i lost my job so how can we move forward from that and how can you know step by step retrieve some money or make some money but mostly now nowadays it's most likely that if the father loses the job, um, the people now have a family meeting. So that's what comes abuse into. Like okay, cool. The father's not making them much money as he was supposed to. So the female, the woman, or the, or the wife is most likely to leave. Or the young kids is most likely 
to you, okay, my dad is not making money or I feel like maybe he's going to be a loser or I need to go make money because I, I can't I can get some money from my parents as well. But if it depends also on the mentality of the kid as well. If the kid is right around 18 at the same time he's in the education field, he can go make some money. Like I say, okay, I need some money for myself or let me help my family to, you know, pay uh, pay some rent or pay bills or whatever. You know, I feel like it's a bit of communication or what they need to do. And I was speak about before, like um, some people even on campus, they would rather get an easy job to make money rather than, you know, have two or three jobs and then go to uni because that's actually a bit tired. It's a tired life. So they rather go like to a sex traffic uh, uh, life, for, for instance, like making the olifants or um, send, sell pigs, uh, food, food pigs online. And it's most likely to be women to do that than men's. Men's are more likely to do uh, the type of life, like go on, on streets or sell drugs or, or do frauds. They're most likely to make that type of money rather than go. So there is two ways that young students, even nowadays, try to make money in this living crisis. But in my opinion, it comes out as a communication, as family. If the uh, young person lives together, okay, we know have money, what we can do, and what can we move forward to buy. Could you explain what Oliver Fan is with that? Uh, Oliver Fan is basically, it will is a website where he was born to uh, no soul and is it sex like a sex um... he, he was he, he basically he was he wasn't made to do it to be like that it was made to like to to express yourself as, as much as you can it's like youtube you upload a video you express yourself it could be a gaming video it could be uh like a prank or whatever but the, yeah, yeah but then that um through the ears um, because um, other platform banned the way they nudes or sex traffic they banned it, so they found they found this website where to uh, retrieve these nudes or these pics you need to pay monthly subscription yeah you need to pay monthly subscription so the person can make money of it and more subscription you have monthly you can make a lot of money quick that rather than go to a job and have, I don't know, if you have a job, most likely that you have more experience to put on your CV because it's not, you can't put your CV that you have an OnlyFans, otherwise you wouldn't get another job, you know. So what are your views, Tasha? I think I mostly agree with um, what Jimmy's saying, where, because it's a lot of people do think it's easy money and stuff like that, so they kind of avoid working, because even um, OnlyFans, like Jimmy said, people are making a lot of money from OnlyFans. So you, for you to see one picture, you have to pay a certain amount of money. And some men are actually <clears throat> very thirsty out there that they will actually be willing to pay hundreds to see what um, you know their fetishes and stuff like that, because that's what people are selling on um, on that website. Um, it also leads to some people uh, like females going on to seeking arrangements where they're going out with men that are older than them, like, you know. But then, like, you know, they go out with men that are older than them, pay, getting paid to go on dates and sit with, like, you know, 
older men and stuff like that being taken shopping, getting stuff that they don't get at home because they can't afford it at home. And I think um, it's affected a lot of um, students, mainly because where the only source of income they can kind of have is um, their student finance. And then working might be a bit difficult because you can't really juggle your assignments, uh, hours at university, and then try and do hours at work. It might be a, di a bit difficult for some that are not quite routined in that manner. And if, you know, if they would obviously find out about this option that they have, which is OnlyFans, where they have to spend an hour just uploading pictures of themselves, and you know, it could be pict the naked pictures of themselves, it could be pictures of their feet and stuff like that, and to find out they can make £500 from a picture of their feet, surely then they'll just, you know, forget about actually going to find a 9 to 5, because there's a job that they can just edit their work for an hour, and at the end of the day, they've made thousands from it. So would you say, um, I'm going to be linking what you've just said now with something I've noticed. Social media normalizing toxic behavior in relation to relationship. I agree with that very, very highly because I feel like um, social media has painted that toxic as the new attractive. So to the point where when you're getting to know someone, you even ask them, oh, are you toxic? Oh, haha, I like toxic guys. I like toxic females. It's kind of, it's have, it has been normalised where girls are like, I don't like a nice guy or he's too nice for me. He's not toxic enough for me because of how social media has impacted people. And I personally, I don't think that's, you know, something that, I don't think it's a good thing. And I feel like as females, this is where we go wrong because where it's been normalised with social media, we're ending up putting ourselves in situations where are now abusive situations because you saw that on Instagram, this model that you really, really like or look up to is in a toxic relationship with another guy. And for you, that's normal. So you're now in a toxic relationship with a guy that's going to be beating you back in black and blue every day because, well, Kim Kardashian, for example, is, you know, she's getting beat up. So it's the normal for them kind of thing. And I think that's a very um, messed up way of thinking and how social media has corrupted people of our age. So, in a way, social media is negative. It has a that negative effect coming from that angle. Yeah, I think it has a very high negative effect from that angle, yeah. Yeah, I also agree with Tasha because if you see, it all comes down as influencer. What influencer do and, and say is most likely if I'm, I'm a fan of the influencer to listen to it and follow what they're doing. So it also depends on the person who you follow with. But nowadays you see influencers that recommend to be toxic or they recommend, oh yeah, you have to cheer on your man. Oh yeah, you have to steal money from your man or vice versa. Um, is, a, is a new thing or what we live in, you know. And now it's called council society. Like for every you said that might lead to or it's too masculine, masculine or misogynity. Uh, you can't be really in between. You have to basically you cannot ever say or what you need to say. You can't ex really express yourself because once you exp really express yourself, and it's against the propaganda that is right now, mm. you're basically getting cancelled. 
you know, as we see, like, uh, I'm not saying I'm a fan of Andrew Tate, but <laughs> I'm saying that he made a few points that people didn't understand him and it got cancelled. But because he had, in a few months, he made a big, huge uh, fan base, he's still relevant. But there are still people that are still fighting to put him down. Uh, but he does also not double standards because what he said is trying to help young men to elevate themselves. But then you got influencers as Mega Tistanium, Cardi B, which are famous rappers. They're trying to elevate women to be at uh, the top. So these two collide and we don't have an agreement in this world right now. So if you say something wrong, to another part is double is you getting cancelled. If you say wrong to another part, you getting cancelled. So right now, you can never say. And so that's confusion. Lots it, of confusion. There is a lot of confusion, especially in in our young generation. We don't know really what it's right or what's uh it's worth. So um even I'm trying to I'm a welfare for my Arabic society. And I'm trying to help, obviously, the young people. Okay, cool, we go out, wherever. But if you're in a relationship, like, what would you do? I'm trying to help them, guide them, or learn and see what the values is for your, for your, for your friends or go for wherever, and then go for it. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to tell you, oh yeah, you have to cheat on her, or you have to see, you have to make money, wherever. See what the values she has. If the value match or what you have. Go for it. If she doesn't have it, I'm sorry, but she might she's not she might not be the one for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. Cool. I was gonna add to that one actually with um the whole Andrew Tate and the whole Cardi B and um Megan the Stallion having such an influence. So you know with um say for example Cardi B and Megan is the Stallion and stuff like that, they um the very sexually liberated people. They don't mind talking about their sex life. They don't mind, um, you know, getting all the whole OnlyFans thing. It's two individuals that are actually in um, the Only OnlyFans um, industry. And with Andrew Tate, he's also normalised toxicity. So those people, the way um, they've, um, the male has actually influenced the males is kind of like, oh, okay, so you guys, you know, you've normal we've normalised this. So if he's saying this or um, the whole stuff about paying on a date and stuff like that. Um, if um, if a girl invites me on a date, she should pay for the date or whatever. Um, and then the females are like, you know, no, you shouldn't because you should be treating me a certain way. I feel like it's kind of like made um, people have certain expectations in relationships, which really and truly, if, say, I was to sit next to my grandma and ask her about, you know, how they were dating in their old time and stuff like that, it sounds more like a fairy tale to us now because of what we're used to but um yeah to that adding to what Jimmy was just saying with the whole thing like um when you're in when you get in relationships with people and stuff like that it's um a thing where girls would tend to have that mentality where we're like oh but I can change him and then before you know it you've actually grew into his behavior because you went in that um, relationship thinking you're going to change him or even guys I know guys have this statement that they like to make excuse my language these days you have to pick your favorite hoe and beg her to stop being a hoe that's literally something that's going on and that's influenced by social media so it's like a whole thing of yeah I think with that it's not really 
looking good for our generation right now, to be honest. Yeah, especially because um, we are, we are let's say, 19 plus, but then you got kids, then now they do GCC 15. They're going to look up to this and they're going to mm. be born into these generations. So younger you are, more you see this, more you're going to progress and carry on throughout your life. Mm. So this is not going anywhere. This is just the beginning. We're leaving a bad legacy for the young ones. Yeah. Okay, so it's really confusing and yeah. toxic. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what advice or recommendations would you like to give to young adults or to people, young and upcoming youngsters i would say be yourself as much as you can and communicate with people uh for instance if your uni uh seek for any advice go to the student union there are people that they've been paid to help students uh to find jobs or look after your mental being uh your mental health and well-being or if you know you don't have a lot of friends, they are their people, they're trying to make you, okay, why don't you join this society and see if you like it and then try to expose yourself. I think that there are ways where you can seek for help, but it's very important that you do it, you know, because if you don't do it for yourself, it's, it's going to be very hard to come out of the situation. Thank you, Jimmy. And you, Tasha? I personally think definitely voice, your voice needs to be heard. You need to speak to someone. Um, I mean, personally, I'd say a trusted person. It doesn't have to be, you know, a professional as such, but um, try and speak to someone. Because when you speak about things, instead of just, you know, holding on to all, all your emotions and stuff like that, you know, you end up in certain situations that you don't really want to be in. Um, if you have any, like, you know, if you have a friend that's showing signs of being abused or, you know, signs of um, mental health, like depression and stuff like that, always try and either find out from them or just, you know, um, for example, we can go to well-being without having to, um, like, yeah, I don't necessarily say, for example, if I saw um, signs that Jimmy was suffering from mental health, I don't have to ask him as such if I don't feel comfortable having that conversation with him. But I can always go to wellbeing and say I'm a bit concerned um, with Jimmy's mental health and I was just wondering if you guys could have a conversation with him. And through that, they'll be able to find out how, you know, um, that person is and stuff like that. Always make sure that you check in on your friends, especially on campus, because people like to put on the front. They like to put on the act that, you know, everything is fine and they're actually not... If you're in an abusive relationship, really and truly, just leave. Just as simple as that. That is the best advice I can give. If you're in an abusive relationship, just leave. Because why even there? You, you can sit there and say you're gonna change. He's gonna change. She's gonna change. But you're just wasting your time because that's the way these people are, <coughs> and always be like that. And you have their ways of finding their way back to you anyway. Um, but yeah, try and be encouraging to others as well. Like people that are in relationship, they need support. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial support or physical support, but emotionally they need someone to be there for them, just try and hear them out and listen to them. Thank you so much for coming on this uh, show. Uh, it's been uh, a delight to have both of you. Thank you for having and us. You're welcome. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can comment, share, leave a review on our social media 
platforms or our email, which is rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com. See you on our next episode. Always remain positive and take good care of your mental health. Thank you. It's been Grace Upper for Raza, rising above shadows of abuse. Bye for now. So there you have it. Both these articulate and conscientious young adults who have recently started at university are well aware of social media's potentials to substantially influence, cause offense, and instigate negativity in those who feel vulnerable. Tasha and Jimmy are also consciously aware of the adverse effect that the online world has on those young people who are only a few years younger than they are, as was Molly Russell. One of the most depressing revelations from the inquest into her death was that both Pinterest and Instagram had sent Molly recommendations as opposed to her deliberately searching for them. Many young people who are the recipients of those dubious recommendations are well aware that they are being continually targeted by algorithms as far as, far as the companies are concerned. The users are the products to be assessed and monetized for the data they provide. Whether young people's concerns are navigating the online world, leaving the security of the home or confronting pressing levels of abuse, as Tasha says, it's not really looking good for our generation right now. Your voice needs to be heard. If you've been affected by this piece, kindly send an email or comment, or comment to risingaboveshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Kindly subscribe, comment, share, and leave a review. See you on our next episode. This has been Grace Opa for Raza, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. Thank you. If you've got any questions or inquiries, you can get in touch risingaboveshadowsofabuse at gmail.com or our social media platforms. Rising Above Shadows of Abuse at TikTok, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Twitter, Rising Above Abuse, YouTube, Rising Above Shadows of Abuse.